Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hold save the king! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I am your host, Anne Gripper, and I am joined by Daily Mirror Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Russell, nice to see you. I had a lovely week off yesterday. I'm sorry you had to work, but it's great to be back with you. Very good to be back. Get very get you in the Christmas spirit. Have you done any have you done your shopping? No, none. Very oh, behind. Gosh, that is a surprise. Haven't started on the Christmas cards. The Christmas newsletter is I've started writing it this morning. Need to get it printed and put in. Anyway, enough of that. The Royals have got their Christmas cards out already, which we will come to. Well, let's come to it now since we've got in with Christmas. We've, there's lots to catch up on since we last met two weeks ago. I mean, in the space-time continuum, we recorded and then the Royals were named. <laughs> so in the old uh, race row extravaganza. So we'll come back to that in just a second. But let's start with a little bit of Christmas since we were talking about Christmas cards. Um what have you made of Charles and Camilla's and the Wales's Christmas cards this year? Well, I think Charles and Camilla's was a bit of a banker, wasn't it? I suppose first year since the coronation, we would probably have a coronation-themed Christmas card. They're, they're normally quite sweet, aren't they? They normally have them at you know Burke Hall or looking um, you're looking rather wintry. Um, I like well, I liked I, I I love that picture by Hugo Bernard Bernard Bernand. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a, sort of one for the ages, isn't it? The Wales's Christmas card, very interesting. I actually like it. I'm not sure it's a Christmas card, but I like the picture. I love it actually. None of them feel. Neither of them feel very Christmassy. Like the coronation feels like. I mean, I know it rained, but it was very much May, and and it's also familiar. It's that opportunity sometimes at Christmas to see something new. Although I guess quite often maybe Charles and Camilla do pick something that they've. they've shared previously and then William and Kate's one I thought was interesting because quite often they go for really quite natural settings whereas this was much more one of those we're going to have a family studio portrait have you ever done one of those with your family Russell we've resisted so far we did we I haven't had them with my family but my mum dressed me and my brother up (laughs) in the same outfit now that wouldn't be too bad but my brother is seven years younger than me and we had it was proper 80s as well mummy myers please send pictures for the instagram (laughs) well it wasn't even a picture it was then put on the dining room wall and it looked was one one of those sort of faux oil painting picture (laughs) it was ginormous as well so here is, I suppose, my brother at two and me at nine wearing a uh, sort of beige cord and a mustard yellow 
Cardi is, is, and my dad's got these massive like television set glasses on. Very, very, so I suppose early 90s that would have been unbelievable. That sounds tremendous. So the Wales has got away pretty lightly. This is pretty uh, positively stylish compared to uh, my mother's uh, attempts. I love the fact that Charlotte had the big chair. It's like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge here. The rest of you are my subjects. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in charge. And uh, there's a really nice comment from Josh Shinnan, the photographer um, on his Insta. He said, it was such a pleasure to photograph the Prince and Princess of Wales and the family for the Christmas portrait this year. Without doubt, one of the most relaxed and enjoyable sittings I've ever had. And I now have a whole new set of jokes that are right on my level, thanks to the children. So um, it sounds like they had a right old time. So that's very, very nice. Um, we'll come back to them as well because we've seen the Little Waleses quite a bit recently. But first of all, um, listeners, I do apologise for the fact that the episode went up a little bit late two weeks ago. But we got it. We got it up there. And thank you to new producer Dan, who is also called Dan. Um, you can only be called Dan to produce this show. It transpires um, who uh, jumped in to sort everything out on a Saturday morning. So thank you, Dan. And welcome to Pod Save the King and the uh, the... We always get it out in the end. So there we go. Um, but yes, two weeks ago, it was all about the Dutch translation. The royals have been named over there. We weren't going to name them. And then um, then the names did emerge. Tell us what has been going on, Russell, in terms of where we're at. Well, where we're at is that the, sto- the, the story, if we can, you know, the 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 sort of chaotic scenes that had emerged from this story, from the Dutch translation of Endgame, have have really died down. And I think, you know, that's that's right and proper because the the issues with what had happened with the translation, um, I mean, will will be discussed far and wide, I imagine, in the palace and 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 by various lawyers because the palace at the time said that they were considering all options. We had previously broken the story that they had consulted with lawyers. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether the palace continued to sort of judge the mood on it. Um, and I think they'd been buoyed by the sort of the positive reaction, but the sympathetic reaction, shall we say, of the, um, the, the scandal that had sort of, really enveloped the family in the, in those first few days and the whole business of of Piers Morgan naming them then the guardian then ourselves and then it was sort of, then it was sort of open season but there's the, the commentary behind it um and it didn't really help Omid Scobie when he said that there you know, wasn't his fault and he wouldn't apologize and there was nothing to apologize for and he was only responsible for the english translation and now it transpires that he did send uh, or certainly the Dutch translators were sent an early draft of the manuscript that did include those names. So, I mean, these are pretty serious allegations. And certainly, I think that the, the palace will, will, will no doubt be delighted that it's off the front pages and, um, and no longer really being extensively discussed. But it couldn't be two more serious people than... The king and the princess of Wales, really, to have to have drawn into it. You know, the the well, the king is, you know, he's the top dog, and Kate is, you know, probably theoretically the most popular member of the family. She's been the, you know, the arrival since she came in and brings the glamour and the youth and yeah, like you say, the future, the future queen. And but her, I guess, personability, if you like, and the girl next door who's a princess. If we can get away with still saying that she's. Um, girl next door-esque there's a lot of hope pinned on her for the future of the royal family so for it to be 
those two who were the ones who were named at the centre of the allegations, it's it couldn't have been much worse, really. But in terms of, of how everything dies down, people love a secret. And when people don't know something, you, everyone has to talk about it until... And then people find out and it's like, OK, I know now, ready to move on to a, to a certain extent. But it's not been resolved. Well, I suppose it... it... <laughs> The, the language being used by people I was talking to were, you know, outrageous, ludicrous, that this whole business was done to, was it a PR stunt? Was it just to sell books? Was it, you know, a vendetta from the author? And, and I think people have looked at this and thought, you know, if there were clumsy conversations had by anyone, and we don't know what those exact conversations were, um, then, you know, there would have been absolutely no malice intended. And I can only say... What people have told me, you know, who work closely with the two individuals, I mean, absolute denials from um, from from people who who know them best. But I and I think that when you actually look at the characters involved and the way that it was even told to to Oprah um, by the Duchess of Sussex, it it it's it becomes so muddied that this family situation had been potentially blown out of proportion. Listen, we don't we don't know how offended Meghan and Harry were by the comments. I suppose we can have, have a guess, can't we, because of the fact that they told Oprah Winfrey and then wanted it to be known throughout the world. But it, 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 I think it's it's a further sad indictment of how relations, you know, are, are pretty unrecoverable for, for that side of the family. And the great irony that um, pretty much the first event that they were heading out to together after all of this emerged was the diplomatic reception. Well, and again, I mean, that sort of um, the the picture that was put forward, you know, with obviously Royals United, you can imagine the headlines as, as indeed they were. But there was there is normally a an image put out of the, the king, the queen and the um or the sort of senior roles, as it were, around this time. And the decision was taken not to do it during the South Korean state visit because I think Charles was wearing a lapel that was almost like a a South Korean lapel. I don't exactly know what it was. but So they thought, well, we'll do it at the diplomatic reception. And then lo and behold, it ends up being this whole notion of the picture has changed entirely, isn't it? But it was probably quite handy that... um, that that took the narrative on, I suppose, in a, in a very bad week of headlines for the family. Yeah, nice other outing for, uh, in a lighter note, let's let's just talk about the dresses. <laughs> a lighter note, um, the return of Jenny pa- uh, the Jenny Packham outfit that Kate wore for the wedding in the summer. Favourite lovers, not Tiara. She looked super glam. Um, you know, I, I know some people took issue with me and Jen Newton at complaining a few weeks ago about the number of suits that Kate had been wearing but this was princess dress full princess dress and um, I am here for it so let's put it that what's way. your issue with the suits too many of them <laughs> too many of them and and if you're going to meet a princess do you want to meet a princess in a suit or do you want to meet a princess in a really nice dress well you can't be wearing a gown and a tiara every day people <laughs> have got to go to work why not <laughs> Well, have you seen how the kids turn up at nursery? You know, it's fine. Not the royal kids, in fairness. The uh, you know, the uh, any birthday party of uh, anybody under the age of six, probably. True, that is true. My well, my daughter's comes you know fully on dressing herself these days, and it's a it's a wonder she has any matching socks, let alone um, not leaving the house in some form of headgear. She was wearing a summer hat today, so it's not that cold. No snow. It's fine. It's fine. 
you live by the seaside and um, Kate had another phenomenal outfit as well that week um, heading to the Royal Variety performance which was on TV um, this weekend coming uh, a new designer for her Sophia with the most incredible sleeves like sort of capey floor length split sleeves of the dress I mean it was a beautifully designed and tailored dress but it was all about the sl- statement sleeves of like I'm not doing any washing up here but again it's that like fairy tale aspect you know sometimes you see the, in your books in the picture books that the, those sort of extensive sleeves a little bit like Princess Anne's wedding dress as well in fact she had the big sleeves on her wedding day original first time around um a favorite but I, I just thought a really striking and beautiful outfit so two absolute bangers pulled out of the cupboards that week i would say hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of the race round for the palace, like, are they? Do you think it's done for them? Do you think they need to? Do they? Do you think they need to engage with it? Are they just, or do they just need to get back to trying to repair relations with Harry and Meghan? Because ultimately, this aspect of it is not Harry and Meghan's fault that this has all got cooked up again. This is a cock up in a process of, you know, a book that is intended to be a mass bestseller worldwide. We've got to get it out and translated. So everything can hit the shelves everywhere all at once. Oh, whoops, we forgot we had to take that bit out everywhere, not just from the English version. Well, it couldn't have been further from the truth about mass bestseller, could it? I mean, it's not done very well. It's dropped right out the sort of, uh, I mean, it didn't make sell enough to get onto the Sunday Times bestseller list. It's dropped right out of the Amazon top 100, way, way down the list now. Um, and I think the viewpoint of a lot of people who had read it or read our coverage was that it was a bit of a hatchet job and that it wasn't, you know, it was nowhere near as good as finding freedom. And I guess it almost felt a bit old, a lot of it, didn't it? So, because, you know, after you'd had finding freedom, you'd had spare, you'd, it was, wasn't really a lot to say. So a lot of it was written um, in a sort of hyperbolic way that it just didn't really fit right, sit right with a lot of people. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I'll take back that copy that I was going to give you for Christmas, Russell. It sounds like you don't really want, that won't be the Christmas present that you're after. But, um... I'd, no, I've, I've, I had a I had a PDF version and it was I was losing the will to live by reading it, to be honest. So, uh, so we're going to be doing our review of the year next week, recording that for everybody to listen to between Christmas and New Year. So I'm going to set you a little challenge, Russell, if you have a thing. If there's one one book from this year that you think people... You don't answer me now. Answer me in the net when we do our review of the year. If there's one book from this year that you think people absolutely should read or buy for their royal fans, what is your top recommendation 
or that you would wish to have in your stocking. Okay, what else have we had going on? We've had a nice, a couple of nice new videos from both sides of the Atlantic. Um, Megan and Harry, they announced their finances for Archwell and it was all, and their work and their glossy brochure and their nice video with lots of hugging and meeting people and everybody looking delighted about life and uh, quite a lot of, Quite a lot of it was, I guess, familiar from other bits and pieces they've put out through the course of the year at some of some of the events that they've done and the engagements that they've done with people. I know there's been a lot of interest in their accounts for their for their foundation. So it had two donations in in 2022 worth 1.6 million in total, whereas the previous year they'd had 10.4 million coming in. Um, and they've also handed out less money last year, 1 million rather than 2.4 million and a bit more expensive to run. But as people have pointed out, and you were saying when we were chatting earlier, Russell, it's, that's not unexpected in terms of the life cycle of a charity and charity funding. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the discussion on social media of how their, their charitable empire is dwindling. And I think a lot of the times when charitable, charities are started up, they get a massive influx of cash from big big donors and then they use that money over several years in order to um in order to sustain themselves and as so the fact that the, the donations have fallen off a cliff they were in the red for this year or something i mean they've obviously got big overheads i mean the, the staff are being quite paid quite a lot of money aren't they but they're they're running a global operation so you know james holt who they've taken from the palace he's not going to do it for peanuts is he so um, and either are any of the other senior staff who work for them, because no doubt they're working on several footings, aren't they? Whether they're involved in the negotiations for um, or the admin for Spotify, Netflix, you know, trips that they do, whether they're going to different charities or whatnot. Um, as Megan says, we've got a lot of exciting things in the pipeline. So I'm, we wait and see what those 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 sort of things are. But the glossy video interestingly after we'd seen another glossy video from uh from princess of wales and the, and the children the timing was probably quite interesting i think that's unfair i think that's really unfair because if you're announcing your accounts and that kind of thing that is a big process that's a big piece of planning and pr work and i mean fine they used to have slight uh, diary clashes even when they were talking to each other and possibly even when they were being run out of the same household but now that they are estranged and on opposite sides of the atlantic i don't think it will have been a case of oh the Waleses have put their video out we better put our video out as a spoiler i think it's more just it's coming up to the end of the year people are doing things and they're getting on and doing with them on the on the timetable that makes sense for them and they're not they're not talking to each other about it because they don't talk to each other about frankly stuff that matters even more than that like you know family and and whatever else so i you know i I'm going to defend them on that one. I, I, I was not passing comment, was I? I was literally just saying it was interesting. So you've, oh. you've defended their honour appropriately, I think. But I will say, I did prefer the Cambridges video because it involved bits of talking and getting to hear the kids um, doing things. And, you know, obviously we always love to see the children. We've seen a little bit of a, a bumper period of... Uh, George and Charlotte and Louis. I mean, George has got so tall, Charlotte's hair has got so long and Louis has got so grown up as well. Um, but he looks like he's he enjoyed himself, you know, slightly roughly folding stuff up at the baby bank and throwing it around and being a bit more boisterous, maybe, is a good word to use for him. Um, but I, 
playful, boisterous, both, all of those things. Um, but I did think it was really sweet. There's a couple of really sweet moments in both that video and Kate's video from the, the Together at Christmas Carol service, like that, that lovely picture, you know, her sort of stooping down and relighting Louis's candle. Um, but when she says to George, Fine, some people might say that this is all staged and obviously she's going to say something like that and yes, we've got to get that for the camera, but actually this is the point of it. This is the crux of why she's taken those children to be part of that baby bank work. When she says to George, you can see how rewarding this work is knowing that you're helping out others and trying to instill those values that Diana instilled into um, William and Harry and that there are bits of the the royal job that are, you know, fine, king or dress up as a princess. Um, but actually a key part of this does have to be about helping others and trying to make a difference in in the best way you can in the role which you have been born into or married into. Well, definitely. And, and, and no, I suppose, no better way to show them their role in the world, I suppose. Um, very much aligned with Kate's work, Baby Banks, the Shaping Us platform that she's she's working on. And I think interesting because, you know, Baby Banks, we don't really, haven't really heard a lot. We don't hear a lot about food banks and the the crisis here in the UK and I imagine other countries as well. Um, And the rules have have rightly shone a light on that. But Baby Banks has really been Kate's um, interest, I suppose, isn't it? From trying to raise the profile throughout COVID and to try and um, to try and get people to donate, and it's certainly something that I have done since learning of her work. And it's something we we make an effort, especially having a another little one, and realizing how expensive things are for babies. I mean, you know, nappies. It's that's a sad indictment when you walk in supermarkets, isn't it? And you see the the security tags on on formula um, and and other baby items because they they cost so much money. Yeah, so Kate's focus has sort of in the run up to Christmas has been largely around her shaping us related projects so the Together at Christmas Carol service. It was lovely to see the kids posting cards to other children in the um, little post box outside Westminster Abbey, special post box, not a regular post box. Um, and uh, the visit to the Evelina Hospital as well was, I guess, child focused, even if um, it was her, one of her patronages. When she talked about it being nerve wracking as a parent and having to having to take her children to hospital for various things, which was uh, interesting. Always that terrifying moment. Happily, so far I am in the clear. William's been engaging on homelessness again, something that makes sense at this time of year because it's it's getting cold and Christmas is a is a key time when a lot of the charities do put on sort of special things to engage with people who who are homeless and help them get through that time and actually try and bring them back into setting their setting their lives back up for the new year and try and move them into a better situation so we've seen William at the Passage Charity and selling the big issue um so those were both sort of lovely things Charles hosting a meeting of faith leaders again that feels like a, a an important time in both ways because it's you know it's a for various religions this is a special time of year we just had Hanukkah and we've got obviously Christmas coming up but also with what continues to be happening in Israel and and Gaza bringing people together from across different um faiths feels like that spirit of togetherness feels like an important thing and I thought um Camilla we've talked before about her work supporting 
women who are victims of domestic violence, her visit to the Ashiana Network, there was a really lovely post from that organisation, which is a community-based project supporting South Asian, Middle Eastern and Turkish women and girls who are experiencing domestic violence. Um, do check it out. I won't read the whole, the whole thing to you because it's quite long, but it talks about it being six months in the planning and having that butterflies in the stomach moment. Um, the director hadn't told anybody who this VIP visitor was going to be, who was coming, and talking about how it was extremely emotional when Her Majesty met the service users. There wasn't a dryer in the house. There was an incredibly tender moment when Her Majesty comforted a service user, and that's a moment that I'll never forget. Her Majesty was moved by the visit, and at one point she turned and said to the director, Shimendo Ubi, we ought to clone you in some way. There's just not enough of you. That pretty much sums up our director and the incredible woman that she is. And I just thought, actually, seeing somebody write something like that about Camilla was really... Um, was quite special actually that she is she is accepted she is the queen she does make people feel special but there is excitement about her as an individual as well um so she is very much I mean it feels a silly thing to say given that she was there alongside Charles at the coronation in May having a crown put on her head and and making her her declarations but you know even in 2005 when they got married you probably you couldn't have imagined even that, never mind the sort of the coronation stuff, I think, how far she's come. Gosh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an incredible turnaround. I'm sure they, they will be teaching this in PR schools if, they, if there is such a thing of, you know, I remember the old um, being told of people chasing around supermarkets, pointing their fingers at her, throwing things at her in supermarket car parks. Someone would be throwing bread rolls at her at, uh, around a Tesco car park or something, wasn't it? Um, and now she, you know, to be accepted. And a lot of that is putting her head down, working on you know, the charities, the charity work that matters to her and realising that if she is going to be accepted, then it is um, it's about the job and not, not necessarily about personalities. And that's, it's, that's shone through immensely in her work I think I do like the tradition that she's established as well of um, asking children to come in and help decorate the Clarence house Christmas tree with a bit of a, a little bit of a party the cakes looked rather nice as well I thought never mind the Christmas number one the most important number one of the year has arrived so the Telegraph have totted up all of the Royal Rota jobs that have been going on and I mean no surprise at who is top of the list once again Princess Anne 457 then the king 425 I mean he was near he was nearly there oh Charles I'm gonna get her one day I'm gonna get her I suppose a lot of those engagements must have been around the coronation he was flat out wasn't he around the coronation but um uh, and then he, the Prince Edward in third, two hundred ninety-seven. I mean, that is that's a big gap, isn't it? The Queen fourth with two hundred thirty-three. Duchess of Edinburgh fifth. I mean, Prince and Princess of Wales. Well, I think it's not so much how many they're doing; it's the fact maybe that William has done the same number, one hundred seventy-two, as the Duke of Gloucester, who is seventy-nine. Yeah. So... Well, and the, and the whole cons. I mean, there's. He probably he probably knew this was coming. That's why he got like, his uh, set his stall out early. That oh well, we're not doing very many engagements. We're just doing the big ones. He said we're trying to uh, completely reinvent the sort of royal role. But um, it's interesting because I I think that people really benefit. People communities 
um, organizations, charities, all they benefit from seeing a royal. And yes, you can affect generational, you can try and have generational change with the Shaping Us and the um, Royal Foundation of Center for Early Development and Earthshot. But it's it does matter when William goes to um, Tesco's and hands out the big issue. It does matter when you're seeing Princess Anne turn up at a hospital. You know, the, you've just been speaking about the um, the um, domestic violence centre that really attached th- themselves to to the visit and and sort of revelled in it. I mean, it, it's it's visits like this that help charities get put on the map and raise their profile. So my argument has always been yes. It's it's fantastic these big big um these big projects, but you have to do the role of a royal as well. And I don't I don't agree with William to be honest. I think that they should be doing more. Well, let's see what happens next year because we've talked a bit of this year that you know obviously the coronation and Charles and Camilla getting themselves set up sucks in quite a lot of um I don't know not exactly air but air time maybe or focus let's say focus the focus from the palace and the spotlight and trying to establish them in their in their new roles but let's let's see hopefully hopefully we'll see more general um out and out and about excitement in suits or dresses or i don't know jumpsuits that could be a new uh innovation for next year um we will see one thing we do know that's happening next year, I think, Russell, is Charles heading to Canada. He is next May. He's going to be in Canada. And it's interesting because when I broke this story, um, you know, there was a lot of um, issues made about the fact that they haven't been to Canada and, and certainly Australia. I think the Australians I speak to on regular occasions um, are feeling quite burned by the fact that it's going to be over two years since Charles became king that they will have gone down under and that's a that that is a big issue because he is the king of australia the king of canada and when i was looking at this this um this trip of course it was the last trip he did foreign um trip he did as prince of wales and now um the landscape is changing and i think that that although people might like charles and i've had a lot of canadians messaging me this week saying they don't think that the the status quo will change but there have been several polls in recent months that do say that people are becoming a bit more ap- apathetic to the royal family than they have been in the past. Up to 80% say they don't feel attached to the royal family. 60% think that they should go in a new direction and possibly become a republic. My understanding is, through being educated this week from very many um, friendly Canadians who have been in touch with me, is that it is very, very hard to change the constitution and, and trying to get rid of Charles, as it were. And that, and that a lot of people, I'm told, don't want to change that element of it. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it's, it's they should, probably should have gone sooner. But, you know, there, there are a multitude of reasons as to why these trips don't happen when uh, they want. And I will say, I spoke to someone very, very close to Charles last week and they said, listen, this is not for want of um, uh, or Charles wanting to get on with the job. He was definitely keen as soon as he took it to try and have hit the ground running and try and um, get out to Australia, to Canada, get out to the Caribbean and, and to be accepted by the masses as the new king. And for, as I say, a multitude of reasons, whether that's the government wanting him to go to France and Germany, whether it's invitations from um, you know, the, host, the host nations, 
there are issues surrounding the fact that he can't just go out and get on a plane and you know, nail all these countries in the first um, six, 12, 18 months. So um, yeah, next year will be, will be, a bit more interesting, I suppose, on the international scene. And at the risk of using Camilla's visit as a touch point for everything, the fact that a visit to a, you know, a British-based charity was six months in the planning to organise a royal tour to, um, you know, anywhere takes Indeed. takes time. And um, exactly. although maybe he should get, maybe they should get one of those tickets like the backpackers do, where you can stop at multiple places. You just you, As long as you keep going west or east, choose which way around the world you're going to go and you can stop in multiple places and then you can do Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Some uh, some good if, I'm, if I disappear for about six months, so perhaps not. <laughs> <laughs> put, you on a, put you on a cruise ship instead and then uh, take the family with you, it'll be fine. A couple of other tiny little bits to wrap up. Um, Charles was still at COP when we last spoke. And then he came out and did a nice speech with a Greek flag tie on. What did he make of all that? Well, he's he's been wearing them loads. He wore one during the South Korea state visit. He wore one last week and he was wearing one yesterday. All with the Greek flag? All with the Greek flag, yeah. And I think they were the same tie, although he does have other ties. No, there, there was two different ties because one was a tie from... And I need to remind myself, I'll come back to that. But one was a different tie of the of the old Greek flag. So, I mean, obviously his, his father was Greek, so he's he's got a, an association. But there's been a lot of chatter about whether this is this is the sort of a, a nod Elgin to the marbles. Elgin marbles uh, or par- Parthenon marbles, we should say. Oh, yeah, OK. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I quite like it. I think it's quite, quite interesting of Charles to do this. So it's uh, certainly interesting. It's interesting. It's coming up quite so often. Um, and finally, Duke of Westminster's wedding and who may or may not be on the guest list. Have you been following all of this, um, whether Harry's going or not and why and all of this? It's quite sad. My two penneth worth is the fact I reckon that, um, well, it, was, it came out that Harry and Meghan were sent to save the date. I don't. I don't really see this story as build really. That the Duke of um, Westminster, Westminster, um, Godfather to Archie invi- and to Prince George, and th- that he would not invite Harry. I just think there'd be a conversation of saying, "Listen, mate, it's not going to go down too well with your brother, and you know, obviously, he's going to be the future king. And do you mind sitting this one out?" I don't think they would have not invited him. But then what's the point of inviting him? You don't send an invitation and then ring up and say, I know you've, I've sent you this invitation, but I didn't actually mean it. He was sent to save the date, apparently. Well, I think you can do that. You could say, listen, then then you, or you could try to say you're busy. Then everybody's a winner, aren't they? Well, whether it'd come to not invite him, it seems rather churlish, doesn't it? I'm not sure I would be friends with him anymore. Well, that's, that's, I guess that was the question. There was a kind of a... a um... Uh, an undertone of if you have to pick sides in the row, you're going to pick the king, and the king, because that's it's hard to it's hard to trump the king. But it sounds like it was, the family's got a history for this because I think it was the big sister. There was it was before Charles and Camilla were married, and they were invited, but Camilla wasn't going to be allowed to arrive with Charles because of you know blah. So they were like, fine, we're not coming then. Which is the polit- politics of wedding invitations. Extraordinary, always. Charles, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go to the wedding if you didn't get your way. Um, what have we got to look forward to over the next week? So, as well as recording our review of the year, which will be 
getting to enjoy between Christmas and New Year as you I don't know go for a go for a walk to walk off your walk off your Christmas turkey a bit later in the week or something um not that we're excited excited about roast dinners um we are we'll be recording a regular episode next week and hopefully it'll be a bit more christmas party action to chat about well we'll have the, the um the yeah the christmas party where they all sort of turn up the extended family before the the family before the king and the queen and the rest of the family head to sandringham we think the railway Wales are going to sandringham this year they're not uh not not too much chatter around them going to the middletons although i possibly did think that they would go to the middletons this year um but yeah, big party to look forward to. I don't think the Wales is doing much else in terms of work. No doubt Charles and Camilla will be out. <laughs> As Russell has said at various stages over the last few weeks. Well, you know. So, I, I am right, though. The, the figures don't lie, do they? Well, the kids will be off school soon, so they'll need... See, so they, they've got to have one of their 20 weeks away, away from uh, away from the office. But anyway, I'm being churlish. They are going to no doubt be preparing for Christmas. We're going to have the Christmas party at Buckingham Palace. And then all of the roles, or most of them, are going to be decamping to Sandringham at some point next week, I imagine. Lovely. Well, I look forward to catching up with you twice next week before Christmas time. A real Christmas present for me, Russell. Um, listeners, it's always a treat all year round to hang out with you. Um, thank you for listening to us today. If you have anything that you want to share for our Royal Review of the Year or at any stage, do pop us a message on instagram at podsave or you can send us a voice message on there if you want to um, and we can we've played a, a few of those in recently which is always great it's lovely to hear your voices and share your thoughts with our listeners you can follow russell on twitter you are jay myers on the twitters x whatever it's called rj myers and it's because he's different on Instagram. He's Russell Myers, Russell J Myers on Instagram. Anyway, at Podsafe, and it will all be simple. Listeners, thank you for joining us, and until next time. Podsafe the King. 